Welcome to The Coat Hanger on 2SER 107.3, coming to you from the Gadigal land of the Eora Nation. The Coat Hanger is a show and podcast where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. I'm your host, Fiona Lamb, and I'm joined by... Coach Kiwi. Emma Phillips. Tracy Kick. And Nat Morgan. And it's time for the warm-up. We're stepping it up for the 2020 season. AFLW4 sees us doing a live show here at 2SER and our name change reflects our broader view of the league while shining a light on Sydney players. Here at the Coat Hanger, we want the league to succeed and we want individual players to succeed too. We'll be following the progress of all Sydney players wherever they roam rather than just one Sydney team. This season is eight weeks long, home and away in two conferences, with three weeks of finals. For more details, please download the AFL Women's app. And now it's time for the ball up. So in quarter one... Excuse me. I think that was a Sydney ferry, actually. So in quarter one, we're going to do team previews. So we're going to start with the Adelaide Crows. Over to you, Trace. Thanks, V. Um, Adelaide Crows are looking interesting this year. They've been absolutely plagued by injuries. Um, their star, Erin Phillips, doesn't look like returning for uh, until round three or four, along with Ree Metcalf, Chloe Shear and Denny Van Hagen, who was uh, did an injury recently. Um, we're really stoked to have one of our personal faves, ex-GWS player Courtney Gum, um, putting on the Crows jersey. She snapped two goals in the practice match, so we'll be excited to watch her. Um, I think overall the loss of Chelsea Randall will be um, felt. However, I think they've got depth in the list. Um, They've got a great positive culture and a terrific coaching panel. So I think the Adelaide Crows will still be up there. I'm going for second position. Right. And moving on to the Brisbane Lions, Trace, what are your thoughts? Yeah, these are my personal favourites, but um, they've lost some players, quite a bleed of players to uh, the Gold Coast in San Virgo, Leah Kasler, who in fact are the captains, co-captains of um, the Gold Coast, but also Sabrina Frederick-Traub to Richmond, Nat Exon and Kate McCarthy to the Saints. Um, they narrowly defeated the Gold Coast Suns in a practice match by four points um, and got a hiding from GWS in the, the earlier practice match, but that's not different to any previous season, to be honest. Um, their Irish recruit, Orla O'Dwyer, show, showed a lot of promise in the Gold Coast match, and they've got a young recruit, Brianna Conan, who's one to watch. Um, I think they've been stripped of some key positional players um, and only have eight foundational players remaining from uh, AFLW1. So, um, look, I think they're going to struggle a little bit this year, Brisbane, and I'm going to bring them in about ninth. Okay, and how about we... No, uh, before you get to me, I want to talk about Jess Wushner. Now, you all heard about her getting struck by lightning, and when I heard that, I thought to myself, how lucky is she to get struck by lightning and not die? And so I thought to myself, I wonder what the stats are about that. And so I looked them up, and in Australia on average, (laughs) 100 people get struck by lightning. And you know what? Only 10 of them die. So really, she's not that lucky at all. (laughs) She had a 90% chance of surviving. So, Jess, pull your socks up, get out on the field and start running. That's what I say. But anyway, on to Carlton. Tell us about Carlton. (laughs) Carlton, here we go about Carlton. Um, They lost their captain, Bree Davey, and I think that is really going to cost them. I know other people have talked about them being 
grand finalists. I personally can't see it. I might be so wrong because I feel like all the weights now on Maddie. Never been wrong. No. Never been wrong. <laughs> Maddie Presparkas, legend last year, Norwich Rising Star, although well, may not be called Norwich, just a rising NAB, star. NAB Rising Star. Um, NAB Rising Star. Um, she will have the second year blues possibly, or uh, I'm really interested to see how she goes running around the second time round. I see um, what you did there. Thank you, blues. Thank you. I'm here to help. Um, they've got great names on paper. Taylor Harris, uh, the Hoskins sisters, Darcy Vessio, um, Nicholas Stevens. Katie Loins, like they've got some great names, but it's going to take every single one of those players playing their best footy. If Darcy Vessio doesn't pull it out this year, she has to retire. I know I wasn't going to make any grand statements, <laughs> but I'm starting big, aren't I? <laughs> Darcy, goals, please. And Taylor, your accuracy will be key to the success of the Blues. Um, okay. so, so good luck, Colton. Good luck, Carlton. Didn't so, you say before the show, Nat, that you weren't going to be critical this season? <laughs> Whilst we're Something at it. Like that. Oh, the adrenaline of the live show has just got me going. Honesty <laughs> Go is the best for policy. It. Carry over that energy into, into your predictions for uh, Collingwood. Collingwood. Um, look, they've got the new coach, Steve Simons, and I was surprised that a new coach didn't pick a new captain. I'm really su- surprised that Steph Giocci got the job again. I thought Bree Davey would have walked into that role. I She's just thought nice, it was time though, for a change. She? Oh, nice, nice, nice. But anyway, <laughs> she has obviously realised herself that she's not doing enough because she actually has taken a term off her school teaching work to really concentrate full on on her footy. This this Brie or Steph you're talking about, Nat? No, this, this is, is Steph Chiocci. Steph, yeah. Steph has. So she's taken it seriously that she admit, wants to do I the right thing. I was sad to hear that, that again, uh, a player has had to choose footy over their career. Well, Amanda but, you know, Frigia. Good luck to her too. The, Captain of GWS chose her work over a footy. Yep. Um, she realised she just couldn't do it anymore. But yeah. Steph is actually yep. going to have a final fling, yep. perhaps, at yep. a footy and round. good luck to her. So Wish the rest of the them, um, look, Ash Brazel down back, I love her. They've got a young gun called Alana Parker, uh, sorry, Alana Porter, who's come in. I think she's going to be brilliant. Uh, Chloe Malloy is back from that serious injury. Um, she's had the off-season running around. I want to see her kick some goals. Um, Brie Davy, of course, um, new blood. She'll be keen to impress her, her new teammates. And I'm loving Shani Layton. Last year, she was so full of energy and enthusiasm, and I feel like she's going to actually have some skills this year. So go Collingwood. I was at Marvel Stadium when we could hear her across the way. <laughs> Was it Marvel Stadium? We could hear Shani Layton above the crowd. She was cheering her her teammates on. She's brings such great energy and she's also a great chick too. Really nice person. So moving on, Coach Kiwi, let's hear your thoughts on the Fremantle Dockers. Yeah, Frio, they're uh, another team that have been seriously hit with injury at the moment. They've um, they had a solid 2019 season and many tipped them as a grand finalist until they succumbed to, um, down at Icon Park against Carlton with a huge loss. But um, add in these four new teams and they've actually lost eight of their key players to West Coast. Their biggest loss is Dana Hooker. Um, she's been the last two seasons the runner-up in the best and fairest, so that's huge to lose someone of mm. that kind of calibre. Yeah, They did keep Captain Juddy. Um, some may know who now is... Um, Cara Antonio, she got married in the off-season to Ebony, another player on the team. So, double surnames in there. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, Love really a double important. surname. Love a double surname. They're not sisters. No. 
but hey, they're, they're not friends. Sisters. <laughs> sisters. <clears throat> um, but the importance of Juddy is she now has to really drive that ball through the midfield. It's something she's quite good at. But if she can do that, they've got exciting forwards and Roxy Rue and Sabrina Duffy. We saw her really lift last year, real small forward who um, bagged a bunch of goals and perhaps Darcy could learn a few things. Um, Defence, they're probably lacking a bit of height. Um, and they've, you know, they've got former giant out there. Alex Williams is now playing, and um, they've got the tough recruit Mia Ray Clifford. I think um, she'll provide a lot of um, tough, hard, solid tackles down there. Um, I don't think they'll let the ball pass easy, and I'm tipping them actually finish finish about sixth or seventh place in their pool. Harsh. Oh gosh. That's harsh. Mm. Yeah. There's only seven in a pool. <laughs> but if you look at who else is in the pool, it's a pool of death. Pool of death. That's Kiwi's kiss of death for this season. All right, let's go back to Nat. I want to hear your thoughts on Geelong Cats. Tell us what you think, Nat. <laughs> well, Don't hold back. Think, no, I'm holding back. <laughs> Meg McDonald, legend. Played so well last year. She got in the All Australian. She was a club best and fairest. She carried that team. She's busted a finger. Geelong, goodbye. I'm sorry, you cannot win without Meg on the field for all eight games plus finals, nine games. Like I look, they've got a young kid called Millie Brown who's come in, who's coming in as the father daughter scenario. Her dad played about eighty games for them. She was in a moon boot two weeks ago, so I don't know what sort of backline work she can do. Um, Rebecca Goring, she had a great year last year, but she's going to have to carry that whole end of the ground now. Right. Um, the other Nina Morrison is back. Cannot wait to see her. I loved her first game last year. I really want to see her play a full season, but she didn't play either practice match, nor did Captain Mel Hickey, um, nor Millie Brown. So I don't know these new people and the older senior players, how they're going to go. We haven't seen them run around. They need goals. And I did see that uh, Renee Garing kicked three. Rocky um, Cranston in, a couple, in one of the practice matches kicked a couple two. Phoebe McWilliams, she's going to have to be best on ground or leading goal scorer this season for them. Um, and I was rapt to see that um, Rochelle Cranston, Rocky, has lost about five kilos because she's shaved off her dreadlocks. <laughs> so she's got a new do and she's going to be fast. Okay. Let's hear about the Gold Coast Suns, Trace. I'm just interested as to how I will recognise Rocky now because those... Yeah, but yeah, okay. I'll, I'll look out for some tats. Okay, um, over to the Gold Coast. Um, brand new team in the competition. A lot of great preparation into their squad, um, but still a fairly young squad. Um, very experienced coach in David Lake, who was Craig Starcevich's offsider, one of the assistant coaches for the Brisbane Lions, um, and a strong coaching panel. Um, they're Captains, as I mentioned before, are Leah Kasler and Sam Virgo, who came from Brisbane. Um, there's a few to note. Hannah Dunn, um, many of the Sydney ACT uh, people will know Hannah from the ACT as a pl- local player there. That's her first draft. Britt Perry, who played for GWS last year. I think she only played one or two games, mm. um, has been drafted by the Gold Coast. And a young woman called Georgia Brewitt, who is in, was in the train-on squad um, from around the Yamba Grafton area, has been drafted as well. Um, I think overall they will lack experience, um, but surprisingly we're quite close with the Lions. But given what I said in terms of what the Lions had bled out from their team, I think I think they will struggle. Um, and their pool of Victorian um, teams is quite strong. So um, overall, if there are overall positions, I'm going to say 12th. 
Oh, jeez. Okay. That's the end of the quarter. Nice bit, though, Trace. Think about it. (laughs) Okay, quarter two. Let's hear from Coach Kiwi on uh, the Melbourne Demons. Oh, Melbourne. They were perhaps the most underperforming team in the competition for the last couple of seasons, and I'll be expecting them to step up in 2020. We all know Daisy Pierce is back, and um, she's back in form. I've watched her, and um, she played a little bit of the practice match, and she was just doing everything that Daisy ever did prior to having twins, and um, somehow able to do it again. Like The ball sticks to her hands like glue. They do have the um, midfield of Envy with Paxi and Junior O'Day, who's an ACT product as well. Uh, they're probably challenging the midfield right now is missing LP, their ruck, who's uh, won a fair few best and fairest in the VFL competition and uh, usually one of the top rucks going around. Um, currently, they're down to 23 players um, with Lily Mithin pulling out with the ankle injury, she, her and um, Lily and Alpia are due back mid-season, but they've got um, two others out with ACL. Bianca Jacobson is out with her um, choosing her career over football. Final thoughts? Can yeah, we? they should get top of their pool. Alrighty, and let's hear from M on the North Melbourne Kangaroos. Well, of course, our listeners will know that I don't have any bias towards North whatsoever, so this is a very um, objective view. Um, North, obviously, high expectations of North this season, given what happened last season with the conferences and the missing out, and you know, and fading towards the end of the season as well. Um, North have a very strong midfield. Also, they have lost Mo Hope, um, and will look to Emma King for a very strong forward set up but that is the question mark for North really with a very strong defence in midfield how will their forwards go um, we're looking at um, uh, I need to talk of course about Jess Duffin which is a big hole in their defence and, and their team overall who is pregnant, how dare she get pregnant at this point uh, but she is in there in the coaching role so you know, fingers crossed she has an influence in that way anyway. Um, North are a very balanced side. Uh, looking at key players, Emma Carney, of course, Jenna Bruton, Caitlin Ashmore, Ash Riddell should have a big season, Emma King I mentioned, and Jazz Garner who stepped up as vice-captain this season as well. Um, I am predicting North to finish second in their conference. Okay, and while you're at it, how about Richmond Tigers? The Tigers. Okay, now the Tigers are a big unknown quantity. Um, Lots of discussion about, well, kind of conflicting discussion, I suppose, from commentators about Richmond as to whether they'll go really well or perhaps not so well at all. Their big talking point, the big talking point with them, of course, is the big four recruits. So they probably have a big gap between those big four. We're talking about Monique Conti, Sabrina Frederick, Katie Brennan and Christina Bernardi, who should really carry them if they're going to do anything this season they'll be the ones to carry them um the rest of the you know two-thirds of their squad haven't played aflw at all so they're the youngest and least experienced in the league i don't expect a whole lot to happen from richmond from a sydney perspective we're pretty excited though that they have three players to come out of the sydney league taylor style played at newtown rebecca miller for the western wolves and phoebe monaghan who played at unsw bulldogs so that's great to see them at Richmond. My prediction is that they will finish sixth. Okay, so we're going to need to wind up uh, quickly. So let's hear from Coach Kiwi. Just uh, some quick thoughts on St Kilda. Uh, yeah, getting a wrap up here. Um, I'm picking St Kilda top four in their pool. Um, first home game is against Bulldogs and should be a good way to set them up for the season. 
Okay. Nice review. <laughs> Trace? Yeah, quickly on West Coast Eagles. Uh, I think Kiwi covered it in her discussion about Fremantle. They've picked up so many uh, Dockers players. Um, from our point of view here in Sydney, uh, Captain Emma Swanson from GWS, Maddie Collier over there playing as well. I think the addition of Kelly Gibson will be fantastic and a natural, talented youngster called Amara Cameron, someone to look for. Okay, and M Western Bulldogs? Yeah, the Doggies will have set their expectations quite high, I think, but they also have a very young side. Um, seven, Their seven draft picks are 18 years old, but they do have some high-running, uh, very fast-running elite players too. Ali Blackburn, of course, will take them out of the blocks. Um, doggies, don't know, about middle of the road for me, I think around fifth. Okay, and finally, everyone, what are your thoughts on the GWS Giants? Nat, start oh, with look, you. I'll, I went and watched their practice game, uh, the second one against Brisbane. It was very hot conditions, and they were, they were terrific. They held uh, Brisbane scoreless, and they looked unreal. Highlights were Ingrid Nielsen up forward, kicked a couple of early girls goals, um, and Cora running around for the first time after her terrible leg break, and my highlight was Tate Mackerel. She was fit, she was strong, she broke out of tackles, and she wanted the ball. And so where do we think they're going to finish? Um, top four. Top four. Okay, so that's uh, half time now. So we're going to do what's hot in the huddle. And what's hot in the huddle is that Fridge, Amanda, Amanda Ferrugia, has been announced as the AFLW Premiership Ambassador for 2020. Ooh, Very exciting. Well done, now, Fridgie. on that note, I um, wrote a little tribute to our Fridge because we're going to miss her. So um, here's a little something for our Fridge. Fridge, she's Reggie Dinge. Imagining footy without her is a bridge Too far number 18 got under our skin like a Scottish midge Thanks to you Amanda Ferrugia, goodbye Fridge We love That's you Fridge awesome. oh, thanks, I love thanks everyone, thanks I very much Fridge, not you. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was great, great career Fridgey <laughs> All right, it's quarter three, and we're going to have chat with Nat. This is Nat. I'm here with Cora Stoughton after the second practice match out here at Tom Wheels Oval. Now, Cora, the last time we spoke to you at the end of last season, you came into the studio, told us you were going to go for a holiday, you were going to go head back home, play a bit of Gaelic. What actually happened in the off-season? Yeah, so um, obviously I was staying until um, early June. It was the plan to go back and decided I'd play a bit of club footy here. Obviously, you know, I haven't played that many games AFL. Um, you know, I've only obviously played two seasons, which is 14 games and a couple of practice matches. So I wanted to get a couple more extra games in and signed up with UNSW in the Sydney League. And I think it was my second game in. Fortunately, um, had a bad break. I broke my leg in three places and broke my ankle. So I had four breaks. That was the 4th of May. So that's eight and a half months ago. So I um, had to stay a bit longer, obviously, in, in Sydney with the Giants because obviously the, the staff here are amazing. So I worked for a strength and conditioning coach Sim um, and our physio Kay um, and I went home probably I think it was mid-September um, had a couple of weeks at home, had eight or nine weeks at home and came back out so yeah it's been a rough ride for the last eight and a half months um, but you know back out in the field last week was my first game back and obviously again today so it's good getting minutes under the belt, um, obviously have a little bit more to go but I'm um, getting there So was Alan hoping just for you know K's in your legs or was he looking for more than that, what's, what's the aim at the moment? Oh yeah I suppose just you know just get back out in the field it's probably K's in the legs and a little bit of confidence obviously um, it was quite a traumatic break so I suppose um, the mental side of it I suppose is the biggest side to get over and you know I suppose I'm there now um, obviously 
you know, it happened in a tackle when I was being tackled and, you know, my leg kind of, my foot got stuck in the ground, my leg came down, I couldn't, I couldn't move it. So I suppose um, the first while back in training, I was, you know, I was non-contact after Christmas, I went into contact and I suppose it's, um, yeah, fitness as well, but I suppose it's more the mental side of it, being tackled, um, learning how to tackle again and, you know, I feel confident in doing all that, but it's um, tremendous credit to the staff here. I can't thank our strength conditioning coach, Sim, Simone Freeman enough and my physio Kay Robinson and, and, and Jim Avail as well you know I can mm. without a shadow of a doubt I wouldn't be back playing football um, at any level you know without them Well it's probably an indication to your dedication to get back out there you must have worked incredibly hard to do that with that team but it all comes down to you in the end doesn't it? Yeah you know obviously you have to be mentally strong there's you know there's days and weeks and you know moments where it's, it's really tough and when you're in rehab you know you're in you're there on your own and you're putting probably it's putting about Four to, six times a week, four hours a day, probably so about 24 hours a week um, over here when I was over here from May to September and probably about 20 hours a week at home trying to work a full-time job. So, yeah, it's been difficult, but, you know, that's sport. It happens. There's plenty of people that get injured, you know. it's um, That's that's what you have to do. It's, it's a mental battle. It's, you, you know, you put it down as a challenge at the end of the day. I said, you know, this is another challenge for me to try and get over. Um, I suppose at my age it might be easy to just uh, hang up and retire. But, um, <laughs> well, now you, your foot seems okay and your leg seems okay, yeah. but now you, your little finger's all taped up yeah, and you tell yeah. me you've got to go get stitches. Yeah, that's only minor, I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, that's just a little cut and you know I'll get that sorted yeah. but looking forward to obviously the season proper in a couple of weeks time you know, you're hoping little... hoping to be on the track yeah, that first yeah, game yeah yeah god oh yeah that was always um, that was always the case that I'd be back on the track so yeah um, obviously you have to be picked so we have an inter-club next weekend so stake your claim in that again and you know I'll pick us 22 for the day good on you Cora thanks so much no for talking problem. to us have a great season uh, we're going to do quarter four now. We're going to do a preview of the round one match, Giants versus Suns, in the fifth quarter, which will be our podcast section. We're going to cover the other matches. So let's talk Giants versus Suns. Will they win? Well, I think uh, the coaches have got a headache with the choice of rucks at the moment. Giants are pretty heavy with rucks. Some of the teams may want to borrow some. Um, Aaron's been outstanding over the last few years and a former All-Australian. You've got Jess Allen now, in, who's probably technically better with her skills and can float up and down the field and uh, cover other roles as well. She um, comes in at six foot, one inch, so one inch shorter than Erin. And then one inch shorter again is Ingrid. So three pretty handy. And again, Ingrid's another one, very mobile, um, also great with ground balls, great in the air, um, very versatile around the field. So I think the headache will be picking one of those to um, to cover the ground and perhaps one to run up the field. And what I saw from the practice game watching from afar was just winning the tap outs and hitting Elise Parker on the run. Like something like that, just winning that head out in the midfield and driving that ball forward is going to be really key to, you know, we've got some talented forwards this year. Yeah, I think um, Gold Coast will have a tough matchup with any of those rucks. Um, and I think the other thing is that I, I think as in the practice match, you'll see Ingrid playing a f- pivotal f- tall forward role, uh, either across centre-half forward or at full forward or, or you know, the old positions, um, but in at tall forward. So I think... Yeah, I don't think that they'll pick her to ruck. She may do the odd minute or two just to relieve someone. It'd be interesting. She In that practice match, she certainly started down forward. And also um, Rebecca Privatelli was down there. And so even Cora, like they were really quite a tall forward. But they had then Haneen, who was keen for... Haneen Zarika, keen for the ball, had a couple of shots. She did miss them, but she was confident enough to actually... 
have a go herself. And so a little couple of little crumbing forwards, um, yeah, it could work well. I just don't know if maybe the mobility of the tall forwards, they might have to ch- adjust that. And how do you reckon the loss of fridge is going to affect the team? Um, oh, look, I think Alicia Eva is, is a, a ripper to walk into that role. She She's confident, she's experienced, she's a legend. And I think... She might even lift her own game a little bit too as she leads team. She looked really good on in that game, ran a lot. Talk, oh, she was talking heaps at the, at the Tom Wheels Oval. You could hear what was being said and being done, and she was really leading the team. So I think they're in good hands, as much as we'll miss Amanda. Yeah, um, I, I, sorry, I'm just going to jump in there on Alicia. You know, I've watched Alicia play footy since she was about 14 or 15 years old, I think, and she had to play footy for a long time before that as well and has always been a leader. And I think she might at one point have won the Stonington uh, Youth community award you know a young person of the year award sort of that's the kind of person Alicia is so you know props to her and I think it's going to be a fantastic time for her personally and also she really does lift her game when she's leading a club yeah I, I wonder whether the Suns will have really the firepower to go with them um that's my thought Kiwi what's yours um yeah just thinking of our backline too um talking with Alan in the off season he sort of said that last year they lost focus because they did so well in defense when um, I think Coach Kicker was a uh, defence coach, <laughs> they did really good. Last year, they lost a bit of focus. So they've been putting quite a lot of um, structural work and, um, you know, a new focus into the back line this year. So around the ground, I think um, Giants are going to come out kicking. I'm curious about the loss of fridge in terms of the midfield, though, as well. So we've got Alicia in the midfield. They've lost Bernardi as well. We talk about their forwards. Are they going to get the feed? I think that's been part of the problem before. We've always had the talent in there. It's just that connection between mids and forwards. So that'll be... I can't wait. You've still got Elise Parker. You've got Jess Del Pos. Ailis is a left footer, may play on the wing. I think you'll see Cora in the midfield. No Courtney Gum, though, either. Yeah, but I think Cora will go in there. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And Georgia Garnett, she's a pretty talented youngster. Oh, she's a bit light for in there. Del Pos, Let's look forward to that first match. All right. So it's time to wrap up. This is the Coat Hanger Football Radio Show. Catch us every Tuesday, 7pm on 2SER 107.3 and on iTunes or Wooshka or where you usually get your podcasts. Follow us on the socials, Twitter and Insta. It's at Coat Hanger Footy. Your Sydney game this weekend is Giants versus Suns. 1pm on Saturday the 8th of Feb at Blacktown. Prior to that is the Giants Day Out from 11.30am. The season opener is this Friday the 7th of Feb. Richmond versus Carlton at Icon Park at 7.40pm. Watch it on Channel 7 um, or live stream on the AFLW app. And for the best harbour views on women's footy, tune in in to to the the Coat Hanger. All right, welcome to the podcast section of our show, otherwise known as the fifth quarter. Let's talk about the players who've had to make a choice between footy and career. Yeah, there's quite a few. It's quite a building list at the moment. Um, We touched on before about Bianca Jacobson is uh, choosing to go in the police academy for a year. Um, Amanda Ferugia, she's retired from football completely, um, partly to do her, well, to do her career and due to the commitment. Uh, Aisling Utri is has given up football. She's chosen to go and play hockey. Um, Jess Duffin, although she's not playing football, she actually did turn down playing uh, cricket for Australia to play football. 
and um, then we've got the players. Now chosen motherhood over football. (laughs) Yes, oh the choice. That little thing. And there's Monique Conti as well, of course, who gave up her spot with the Boomers in the WNBL, uh, missing finals with them, which is a big call. And I think she was contracted, so they've been, you you know. Generous, I think, to let her go and play footy. Interesting choice. I actually remember uh, Mon was a junior at my club years ago and it was quite the battle to keep her in football at that stage. And, in fact, there were some very senior members of my footy club having long chats with her parents about ensuring she stayed in footy. So it's very interesting to see her now make that choice out of basketball because she is an absolute superstar basketballer as well. Um, And Adelaide's Matilda. I've forgotten yeah, her name, sorry. Jenna McCormick. Yes, yeah, sorry, Jenna. Apologies, not that she's listening anymore. She's moved on. Matildas, yeah, yeah, so look, uh, the, a lot of them are dual sports, but um, others are uh, life choices, aren't they? So uh, look, we're lucky to have them fleetingly. Be nice to be able to hang on to them a bit longer, and perhaps if the finances and the season's length one day may allow that. Yes, yeah, certainly. And with the CBR locked in, that's three years that they are on this salary as well. So they can't adjust that. Um, one more is Ash Brazel. Um, she played netball for Australia. She has finished that contract. So it looked like she was clean to play football. She's now actually going back and playing some netball for um, a charity match. So she's actually going to miss a little bit of football. Sorry, Pies. The other one is uh, Courtney Cramey at the Adelaide Crows, who has taken seven months unpaid leave from her job at the Department of Correctional Services and uh, wants to concentrate on her footy. So, you know, they're not small decisions, these, are they? No. no. And I think that, you know, because of the the bargaining agreement going for three years, we know it's not going to change for three years. I mean, it's great that there's a collective bargaining agreement that they could land on and that that some of the conditions have improved. But while it's a part-time opportunity, um, you know, these players are having to make really difficult choices. And, you know, it's, it's not a small thing that they do it's it's a massive commitment to play professional football yeah footy isn't free as we say mm-hmm. and uh it really does take the support of other people family um partners to be able to do this and it was it was never free 20 years ago in my day those first uh 30. nationals that we went off to we had to pay for our jersey our track suits we drove ourselves there we paid accommodation at the hotels and everything I really thought it would have changed. You know, back then I thought this can't go on forever, but it, it really still is pretty archaic, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. And this this CBA over the next three years, they get a slight increase in their in their wage of each tier, but they also increase their allocated hours. So you know, perhaps in the next few years we're, we're going to lose more players just due to that whole stress of trying to balance the workload. You know, we, we have this conversation a few times, and I'm glad we do because it's, it's one that needs to be had, I think, routinely. But I wonder how we advance it. How, what's, the, what's the solution? Do we have any ideas about how this is going to change? I mean, the obvious answer is to get more money to the players, to make it more professional, get them into full-time roles. But how does that happen? More yeah. sponsors, the, <laughs> the dead air probably says a lot. <laughs> um, oh, it's money, it's time, it's uh, sharing facilities, it's overlapping men's and the women's uh, tournaments. It's actually seeing um, it on telly, on telly or... Um, it's having a lot more of promotions, steps, but so you know that the league is starting. Yeah. yeah, a lot still needs to change. A lot still needs to improve. Um, so, Kiwi, you were talking about Fridge before, and I know that you caught up with her just a couple of days ago. How is Fridge filling her days? 
Yeah, so Fridge is one of these ones who have had to um, give up her role in the team, which has been pretty pretty big, I think, for the Giants. She's our inaugural captain. She is a Western Sydney girl through and through. Um, she is now, as announced today, become the ambassador of the Cup, so pretty much the face of AFRW 2020. Um, but, yeah, Fridge, is, um, she's doing some new things. Uh, one of her main reasons for retiring is just that she could not commit hundred percent. If anyone who's been around her, um, ran water near her or played with her or coached her, you would know that she gives a hundred percent. And if she can't, um, is, and that's what she feels she just can't now is why she's, uh, stepping back from football. So, um, she, she's got some time she spent away. She's a school teacher. So huge holiday. Um, she's actually taken up a commentary role with Fox Sports, so she will be around the games. We Yay. did chat. She will be at some Giants games. Hooray. Yep. And um, one of her new hobbies is making electronic music with Pepper Randall. Oh, so, God. Um, I've tried to help them out with a name, DJ Fridge Pep or Pep Fridge or something, <laughs> but uh, I think they'll find a better one. But um, yeah, it's something that the two of them sort of bonded over when Pepper first came to the Giants was their choice of music. And um, according to Pep, Fridge has now committed 100% to that. And she <laughs> may not see Fridge for a few days because she just has her head down and uh, making more music. And, I expect nothing less and, yeah, than full commitment. Exactly. And um, I think Alicia, Eva and Lou Stevenson have been the beneficiaries of uh, Pep and Fridge testing their music. Right. Well, how about we get them in here to play some of their tunes throughout yeah, the uh, looking season? I, did. I, I asked if in. she could create us a new intro song, and she just laughed at the current level of uh, her her ability. But. So uh, you mentioned Alicia Eva. Um, has she passed on any tips to her regarding the captaincy? Yeah, she um, she didn't. She felt she didn't need to. Um, I asked if there was anything Western Sydney she could encourage, um, but she actually said. Alicia is teaching her more about coffee than um, than Fridge is teaching her about football. Alicia's obviously a smart football brained person, but uh, she Alicia lives in the inner west of um, Sydney, and she's from Melbourne. <clears throat> so, um, so yes, yeah, so she's been taking Fridge out to the good cafes around this area. And uh, for the Melbourne people, you know what a magic is. I asked if Alicia <laughs> I just this recently. I asked if Alicia had taught Fridge a what a magic is. What is a magic? No. It's a new coffee nut. So it's not very good then if it's new. <laughs> it's magic. <laughs> <laughs> Look no, it up, peeps. It, yeah, look it up. No, it's good. It's good. It's like a, a little latte kind of thing. It's a pure blend of one shot espresso, one shot of milk. Bang, done. Mm. All right. Apparently the best way to have coffee. So the big question on everyone's lips and my final question about fridge is, what will the fridge army do now? Yes, I think um, if you look on Marketplace, there's a Facebook page called Rough Trade Sydney. I think there's some adverts for um, people willing to swap their cardboard fridges for some mullets. Cardboard boxes going cheap. <laughs> going cheap. Rough trade. Uh, no, Rough yeah, trade we, Sydney is I, about mullets and fridges, cardboard yeah. fridges. I, I did ask Fridge who may take over the mantle of the team of having the um, most iconic supporters. And she said without a doubt, Pep, with that current haircut that Pepper has. And um, so, yeah, I'd expect a few mullets along the sideline cheering the um, the – the giant's and on. Did Pepper have that haircut just like Shane Wowoden got his hair blonded and ended up with a Brownlow medal? Is that her thinking? You know, the umpire 
will be drawn to her with that haircut? <laughs> the Woe Woden factor. Well, I, I did have a conversation with Pepper today, actually, and she said that the haircut kind of came as an accident. She started to cut herself, which... As we were talking prior to the show, what happens when you start cutting your own hair? And it ended up like that and not like her mum isn't too impressed and she's not sure if too many mums will be impressed if their kids start having the same oh haircut. Oh, no, it's I great. Did, I think when I keep, was 11. Keep the mullet coming. <laughs> but there is a bigger plan. So I'll let them announce it, but there is a bigger plan for the mullet coming. Okay, looking forward to it. Well, let's finish up by giving our tips for the – the other games. So let's start with Tigers versus Blues. What are our thoughts? Oh, home game. Richmond play at home at Carlton's home. Yeah, what's all that about? Um, so they don't actually have a home? Yeah. Well, it's oh. a, it, just a bigger capacity stadium. Yeah. So, expecting a fair so are they abandoning Tigerland? What's going on? Uh, Punt Road is still a gorgeous field. There's a bit of construction going on, but the reality is um, capacity there is about four or 5,000 yeah. and, and at it's a not going to... Yeah. Suit the season opener. Okay, no. so I saw they're setting up the screens again this year, expecting a, a yeah a lockout. Mm. Oh, I don't know, but you know, yeah, I think it's twenty four thousand five hundred sixty eight is capacity at Icon. Do you think five hundred sixty eight or nine? I thought it was. All right. Well, I'm going for Tigers. Don't get back the queue. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going for Tigers. Uh, let's go to tips. Yeah, what do you reckon? Um. Yeah. Well, you know, Katie Brennan driving the ball out of the midfield is something a bit new. Everyone's seen her as a forward. So um, her hitting up the likes of Sabs in the forward line and um, and Taylor Stahl um, will be pretty exciting to see. Monconti back, huge, huge pace through that midfield. Um, I think I think they're probably going to have it over the Blues. I hear you, Kiwi, but... <laughs> but. But I mean, Carlton, you've got to, you can't discount Carlton's finish to the season last year and, you know, a talent across the board. Uh, I think Carlton will smash them just quietly. Wow. I do. Oh. I, think, I think the Tigers will run out there full of confidence and get a lesson quick smart. Oh, right. Yeah, but I do. I also will say that I think Mon Conti is my early, early tip for best and fairest in the league. She is a genuine superstar. Okay, Trace, what are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I'm going for a draw. Fancy <laughs> 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 a cop out. Uh, reason being, because I've listened to what you've all said, but I think I think the Tigers. Uh, I think you're right. I think the Tigers will come in with real enthusiasm, but I think the Blues will have the experience. So, but I think it'll be close. Mm-hmm. Nah. Yeah, look, ugh, I don't know, it's tough. The first game's always so exciting and they're talking about lockout again. Atmosphere, I almost don't care who wins. Football will be the winner. Oh, oh, yeah. All right. You're on the bench, Nat. That's it. <laughs> Demons off. Demons versus Ruse. I'm going to go for um, a draw with that one. What are your thoughts, uh, M? Oh, look, that's really tough. I mean, I... I oh. Is it really <laughs> tough? It's really Come tough. On. Okay, I... Um, my heart says north, of course. I do think the Demons are in good shape, though, with Daisy back. Um, and they, you know, they've had such a rough patch, having a rough trot over the past few years. I think they'll be really up. I'm going to go Demons. Trace, I have a feeling yeah. you have strong I thoughts I reckon the Kangas are going to smash them. I mean, their list, is, <laughs> their, all over their the list shop, has been diminished. Um, you know, Daisy is a fantastic footballer, but she's one footballer. She can't do it all. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm going Kangas by a fair margin. And Nat? North Melbourne. Okay, let's look at and sorry, Kiwi. I was just trying to mix it up and I forgot you. (laughs) 
sorry. Hey, look, I saw kangaroos um, do one of their trial matches, and they've got genuine speed all around the field. And they train week in, week out, just driving that speed up the field. I think as good as demons are and the solid champion midfield that the demons have, I think they're going to come against the speed of the kangaroos, and I don't think they're going to have enough um, Demons have got a really quick forward, one of the Irish girls, but I think she's still going to take a couple of games to get into it. She tends to run about 30 metres with it before she <laughs> gives off, so um, and that might cost them a couple of possessions up forward, so I'm going North Melbourne. Okay, Lions versus Crows. I'm going to go for Crows. What are your thoughts, Trace? Yeah, Crows. I I think, um, as I said before, it's I think the Lions, Lions squad has oh, is, is lost a few positional players. Crows. Nat? Yep, Adelaide. Even though their senior players are missing, their leaders are gone, um, yeah, Brisbane have lost too many. Yep. Kiwi? Yeah, I'm going to go the Crows. I think um, their list hasn't changed too much, apart from, you know, losing Chelsea's huge, but they've still got Marinoff, they've still got Stevie Lee, they've just got players all around the field that will stand up. Yeah, so many. So, yeah, I'm going Crows. And M? Yeah, same for me. Okay. Going on to Magpies versus Eagles. I'm going to go for the West Coast Eagles. What do you think, Nat? <laughs> Surely you jest. Pies, thank you very much. <laughs> Kiwi? Yeah, look, pies are in hot form. Hot, hot, Yay. hot pies coming hot off the pies. VFLW. Hot pies, four okay. and 20. That, that premiership wasn't easy to win with the, in the VFL. And, you know, I think if they can carry over those same structures, which is partly what we worked on in the VFL, is to bring it into the AFLW. Um, and, you know, Jamie Lambert up front is a name that we should all know. She's such a talented player, but everyone talks about Chloe Malloy, but really it's Jamie that mm. gets the goals. Chops. Um, and stack it down the back line. Without a doubt, it's going to stop a lot. So, yeah, I'll go the Pies. M? Yeah, Pies for me. I think if this one was the other way around, Eagles at home, I'd probably pick them. So, home grown oh. advantage, Collingwood. Okay. Trace? Pies. <laughs> All right. Saints versus Bulldogs. I'm going to go for Saints because I'm very excited about Peter Searle and what she's bringing with her new team and uh, her coaching style. I reckon um, Saints are going to have it over the Bulldogs. Uh, what do you reckon, Kiwi? Right. Well, Saints... Um, Peter Searle's done something special. She she manages to gel a team together. And even, you know, as young as they are, she's got not superstars in the team. She just gets them all working at a superstar level. She's gone with three captains, which is completely different to um, anything we've seen before. She's got a lot of recruits out of her Saints VFL team and the Hawthorne VFL team. So they both have really solid seasons. Um, you know, you, you're going to see the likes of Nat Exxon, Emma Mackey and Tamara Luke really stand up strong. Caitlin Greiser, she kicked a, a bunch of goals in the VFLW. I think yeah, you'll see a lot from her and with the lightning speed of Kate McCartney. Hmm. However, I just think the game that they're going to have against Bulldogs, Nathan Burke, he's, he's kind of picked as many of the young top draft players as you can. That's um, part of his experience in coaching the Vic Metro under-18s. He spent two years under Peter Searle, so he knows his systems really, really well. And add to that, there's a lot of experience with um, Ali Blackburn, Lauren Spark, Nick Callahan. There's a lot of um, good talent in the Bulldogs, so I'm going to go Bulldogs. Okay, M. Yeah, I think Bulldogs for me too. And just uh, talking about Nathan Burke, and I think he's one of his uh, big um, uh, pushes this year for the Bulldogs is to get them up and running in a very free sort of way. So he wants them to play to their strengths, um, you know, to give them a bit much more freedom than what's 
previous structures might have uh, prevented them from doing. So I'm looking forward to them having a really good running game and, and players being really excited to play there. It is a bit unknown because they've got so many young ones, but I think that their experience, um, very proud kind of club against a new side in St Kilda, Bulldogs for me. Trace? Bulldogs. Nat? Oh, look, it's so hard to get a whole new team to, you know, gel together, you know, practice matches, training, you know, fun in the sheds, all that sort of stuff doesn't really count when you get out on the paddock against an experienced side. And with Gold Coast, Richmond and West Coast, I don't think they can win, but I think St Kilda actually do it. I think they're under Peter Searle. I can't wait to see what they're going to do. They're my gun new team, I think. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay, finally, Dockers versus Cats. I'm going to go for Dockers. What about you, Nat? Back to you. Uh, look, Geelong's my one of my sort of three, four teams that I'm following this season, you know, as part of this pod and because they're teams I do want to follow. So, yeah, uh, I don't yeah, I don't rate Dockers this year at all. So, Geelong. Trace? Yeah, Dockers will have the home ground advantage and it is significant when it's in Perth because they don't have to do the travel. But I'm with Nad. I, th- I don't think the, the Dockers – I just can't see how they'll pull it together. So, I'm going cat. M. Oh, Dockers for me at home again. I think that Perth advantage is huge. And that air raid siren. Can't wait for it. That's right. <laughs> Kiwi. Yeah, I think um, Dockers actually at home look strong. But right now with um, Anna Teague is the last one who's done her ACL. I don't think they've got a ruck at all um, on their list. So, um, And Geelong, they've, they've lost Meg Mack. She's a huge out. But I think they've got enough around with um, Rebecca Goring's, um, Bet Garing. Malhiki, Nina, Rocky, there's a whole other lot. So um, I'm going to go Geelong. Okay. And uh, I've just noticed Coach Kiwi is making a note of everybody's prediction, so she's going to come back at us next week. So tune in next week um, and catch us on the pod as well. Um, So we're going to come at you every week, Tuesday, 7 p.m., to SER 107.3. So for the best harbour views on women's footy, tune in to the Coke Hangout.